Welcome to Parrot the Point, episode four. Uh, this episode, we are going to cover the defense and goalie expansion draft options. Uh, if you haven't already listened to episode three, in episode three, we cover the expansion draft forwards, um, the rules, and we kind of go over everything that pertains to all of that. So definitely let's check out that episode before you um, dive into this one. Yeah, so it's good to have you back. Uh, I think we... I uh, had a little bit of disagreement, but uh, some interesting options um, on the defensive and goaltending side of things. It uh, just, I mean, that kind of, that, the fact that we disagree when we normally don't kind of proves that Hextall can make any decision at this point. There are so many options. I think the defense is, is and the goaltending are, are both a little bit more clear cut. Agreed. Um, that's not to say that they're easy decisions. Uh, you go into left field on, on them. But uh, overall, I think the biggest issue with this is that we have a lot of money tied up in defense. And although the defense was solid this past season, um, some of the contributors, you know, <laughs> aren't necessarily the ones earning the biggest dollars. And we have uh, 28.1 million tied up in just, what, six defensemen. And that's counting, um, you know, replacement level player uh, in, you know, Rikula. So, you know, and and Friedman. So, you know, we have Chris Letang who has a new move, uh, no movement clause. Um, I don't expect him to be asked to waive. So he will be one of our three protected players, barring something unforeseen. So that leaves Mike Matheson, Brian Dumlin, Marcus Pedersen. Uh, Yusa Rikula, Mark Friedman, uh, and Chatter Weedle as available options for Seattle to take. Pierre Oliver-Joseph and John Marino are both exempt, as uh, Pierre Joseph is a uh, he's a first-year pro at the NHL level, uh, according to the NHL rules, and John Marino is a second-year uh, pro, according to their rules. Cody Cece is a UFA. So it would be kind of pointless for Seattle to take him, considering they'd be able to talk to him in 10 days after the expansion draft, uh, give or take. So, again, uh, Latang will be covered. We have to choose between Matheson, Dumoulin, Pedersen, uh, Friedman, uh, Ruedel, and Ricola as to whom to protect. Who do we protect? Uh, so what are your thoughts, Jess? So um, I guess... My second is Dumoulin. Uh, I think that's pretty, pretty sad. I don't, I don't foresee us not protecting Dumoulin. Um, we got a pretty solid player out of him every night. Um, he's a good pairing. He's kind of the level-headed player that Latang needs. Uh, and I just don't really see us protecting anyone else over Dumoulin. Uh, I don't either. And I think, yeah. I think there's something to be said for... The fact that so many players have been part of this trade frenzy from Rutherford's regime. And yeah, Dumoulin he's at involved. this point, Dumo is part of the core. Yeah. Like he's like when you when you look at the core of the three, you know, Sid, Gino, Tang, you know, Dumo's at the point now where I feel like he's part of that. And I, I think you know, if not for that reason alone, we we hang on to him. And I just don't think we're going to find 
a defensive defenseman like him to replace him. And that's the thing. We don't have anyone who would, who would fit into his role. No. Um, at least until the end of his contract, two seasons from now, uh, I see him as, as pretty safe. Uh, no one's going to offer enough for him in a trade, and he hasn't limited their trade anyway, um, for it to be worthwhile. And he has been an essential part of us suppressing shots in our own zone. Um, and he's one of the pure defensive defensemen left in the league, like you said. He's going to get the second protection spot. Yeah. So really this whole debate boils down to who's going to be the third person protected. Uh, we may agree on this, actually. Well, I who I would protect and who I think they're going to protect are two different players. Okay. Um, I personally would protect Matheson. Honestly, I... When you look at the group of players that are left, who else do you really protect in that group? Um, Matheson, yes, you can look at his contract. You can look at the years he has left. You can, you know, look at a lot of things. Um, But I really think he gave us a great year. And he's young. And he has, you know, he's just starting to be in his prime now. Because, you know, defense take a little bit longer. I, I really think he is going to grow to be an excellent defenseman for us. And, you know, Latang's getting older and we're going to need someone who can play more minutes and, you know, who can jump up on offense. We're, we're going to basically need to replace Chris Latang as he ages. And, you know, Chris Latang's a physical god and I don't see him being any worse in the next couple of years. But I really think him and Matheson as like a one-two punch is a good, a good strategy moving forward. So I guess I agree with you. I think Matheson absolutely hundred percent deserves the third spot. And it gives me great concern that you're hearing things from the beat writers, such as Rossi saying, maybe they'll protect Friedman. So that's, that's who I think they're going to protect. And this is the that's- main reason is because Obviously, Hextall likes Friedman. We hadn't seen enough of him. He was injured. He was out. He was a seventh defenseman, whatever. Um, And the other reason I think that they would protect Friedman over Matheson is because I don't think they think that anyone's willing to take Matheson's contract on. So I think that they think even if they don't protect him, he's safe. But honestly, isn't Friedman safe too? Like Friedman was, he was waived. No one, no one is gonna, no one's gonna look at all of our forwards that are available and be like, you know who I want? Mark. I need Mark Friedman on my team. Like, we do not need to protect Friedman. He's gonna be safe. It's not like, it's not that like Mark Friedman was like this highly touted prospect either. He's a mid-level prospect. It's also like for for me, it's like a a confidence thing. You yeah. Know, for Matheson's confidence, you need to say, you know, we believe in you. You're our third guy up. Like you. Our, we're protecting you. We want you here. You know, we we, we believe in you. I, I'm sorry. You know, take the trades and all the other situations that happened in the last, I don't know, 14, 15 months. Let's look at the Penguins team before the COVID outbreak and how porous they were defensively. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even. And the only thing that's changed. Even really, like 2017, when we won our cup, our defense was like. 
like Ron Hainsey was on our top top unit. And I know that Slatang was injured and all that, but like And only Mata turned the puck over twenty. We were not good defensively the last however many years. Matheson came in and there was a lot of critique. He is a unique physical specimen. I don't see defensemen who are that big move that quickly up and down the ice and still make plays. There were at least half a dozen times in this last series where he made sprawling plays on rushes from the Islanders well, and broke them up Well, we entirely. also need to think that there's an offensive side of him that is untapped. And how many times did you say during the playoffs, like, I'm I feeling it. I'm feeling a Matheson goal. He's, you know, he, it's coming. He's looking like he's going to score a goal. It's like you really were feeling him. And I agree. Like all season, like he just looks like he could have scored 10 more goals than he did. He's very good at finding a shooting. It's game. I and think it's coming. I think you stick with him and I think that the beast is unleashed in his scoring ability. I mean, his shot He's, he has an uncanny ability to walk or, or to walk the line, find a shooting lane, but his shot is also just wicked hard because he's a big dude. So if he puts it all together, there there's some serious potential there. I agree. I don't care that his contract is 4.8. You know, you you have a lot of money tied up in the defense, and to me, the obvious answer is that you you replace Marcus Pedersen with the entry level contract of P.O. Joseph. You unload well, Patterson wherever that's, you can. And that's really the only thing that, you know, is kind of, I think, unknown about what's going to happen. It's in my dream. I mean, I talked about my dream scenario a little bit in, the, in uh, episode three. My dream scenario is that Seattle takes Patterson and he's gone and we don't have to deal with it. <laughs> but that's not going to happen when we have as many forwards you know, I already said it in the last episode, you know, I think Zucker is the guy for, for uh, Seattle. But at the end of the day, you need to find a way. There, There is a team somewhere who, who needs defense, who and will take Pedersen. He's on. 25. Yeah, he's young. He has a lot. He has a lot going for him. And honestly, like, he's not a bad defenseman. Uh, I just, we need to get rid of money. And he's, I think, in my opinion, the odd guy out. And you just, he's... He needed shelter a lot down the stretch. And yeah, and I, I felt in a way he brought John Marino down all year. Yeah. Like, John Marino just didn't have that same, like, I know, sophomore slump, whatever. He just didn't have that same, I don't know, gusto or whatever about him this year. And I think a lot of it was due to him playing with Pedersen. And I think he, you know, he felt like he needed to be, you know, uh, protective of Patterson and he needed to make very, very, very smart choices and he can never take risks because Patterson isn't always where he's supposed to be. And you kind of saw that with their pairing. And the thing with the thing with Patterson to me and the reason that he has to I mean for cap reasons they have to get rid of somebody. If they don't get rid of Patterson, it's gotta be Zucker um in a trade. So not only are we gonna lose a player to the expansion, but you're gonna lose a player to cap reasons because the cap is staying right where it was. Um, and it will be for the next couple of years. That's what the NHL has predicted. So, you know, Pedersen and Zucker, if you lose those two players to a combination of trade slash expansion, I think that's your best case scenario. Yeah. Because those two players have not given you much on the ice. Pet, Zucker just hasn't fit, and he's a good player. P 
Pedersen has declined after, you know, after being traded here and having a couple good months. Pedersen gets knocked over more than any other defenseman I've ever seen in my life. Right. He wasn't he like the most hit. Yes, he gets targeted. He gets yeah, targeted he by does. opposition. And I think I think when people when other teams are watching video, they see that that's our our weakness. Yes. So you know it's very easy to expose him on the ice. I, I'll go out on a limb, and, and this is harsh towards Marcus Patterson because I don't think he's a bad hockey player. You know, you put him in a, in a rough and tumble system, and you make him be the puck mover. I think he's he's fine. In a system like ours, where we're a bunch of puck movers, he's the guy you hit. If you put in Pio Joseph, even at the age of 21, in his spot in the Islander series, I think we take it to a game seven. I really do. I just think he was absolutely mauled by their forecheck. And yeah. he turned the puck over and got out of position a lot because of it. And coming out of that division, going forward, we're going to need players who can make smart decisions under physical pressure. And, and he's not that guy. And he just, I don't know, in our system, he just always seems a little lost. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's just not something we saw from Latang and Dumoulin and Mike Matheson. And he he so, seems to want to play man-to-man when we're not playing man-to-man <laughs> in our own zone. And it, and it gets him into trouble. He'll chase plays yeah. and draw yeah. his defensive pairing uh, out of position for very little reason sometimes. Well, and it's, it's not just affecting him. Like like I said, so many times it's made John Marino look foolish. And we all know the kind of player John Marino is. And, you know, it would be really exciting to see who John Marino can develop into with with a different pair. Yeah. I, that That's my opinion. And, you know, like I said, I, I hope, like, all of our problems would be solved if they would just take him. But that's probably not going to happen. But at the end of the day, no matter how we we get him off a of payroll, we need to find a way to, to move him to a different team, whether it's, you know, trade – expansion whatever we need to find a way because he ain't it and it's not fitting our team and i just it's the easiest way to get better and and get rid of salary i just hope that matheson isn't the salary cap uh scapegoat because he really turned the whole unit around yeah in a very short amount of time well and back back to matheson like just his speed (laughs) <laughs> alone he is such a great skater and you know when we when we go to games uh in person we both always like find ourselves drooling over chris letang skating um but His crossover step i think mike i think mike matheson might be right up there if not better and i know sully had a quote about that this year he said that he thinks mike matheson's the best skater on the team and i think i agree because when you see him skate in person it is just a beautiful thing. Having that dynamic element back there is so critical. And I just don't, you just don't risk it. 4.8 for him is, is a deal, in my opinion, because he's got, he's still got room to grow at 27, just turned 27. So, all right, we're in agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Matheson should be, should be the third. Yeah, definitely. Cool. And if Mark Friedman is the last pick, I'm going to be very upset. So. <laughs> I mean, the, the only good thing is they probably won't take Matheson either. But yeah, yeah, and then Marcus right. Pedersen to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> goaltending. So, goal Always 
always a uh, point of contention um, in Pittsburgh, it seems like, well, the last five years. And I think this is another reason we need to get rid of some uh, some cap, some some salaries for the cap um, because we probably need to get a goaltender. Yep. And we need to pay a goaltender. And if we're going to go get a veteran goaltender, we're going to need to pay a veteran goaltender. Um, but obviously they're going to protect Jerry. Uh, I'm obviously. Not so sure. I'm not so sure about I, that. I think that that's a safe bet. I mean, they pretty much have already said he's going to be our goaltender come September. Um, in my dream world, we protect a Smith, of course. But um, I think that both goaltenders are going to be here next year. So, I don't know. I, I really don't. <laughs> Because this is this is one that this is going to come down to what Ron Hexall is thinking post season, post playoff, in one year less than you know what six months, not even with with one team. Do you think Jari has enough innate potential to be a number one goalie, or do you think the Smith is just as capable? The thing that my mind keeps going back to, and I, I'm not a mind reader, so this could, this is this is anybody's guess. Well, also, contracts. Yes. What DeSmith makes about what two million not less? Even. One, yeah. No, two million less than Tristan. So Tristan makes three point five for two more seasons. DeSmith makes one point two five for only one more season. Right. If you're going out there to look, it's, it's look kind for a Tuka Rask or someone. Well, and and honestly, with the Smith on that contract for one more season, it's kind of like a tryout for him. Mm -hmm. Can he do it? Can he be the guy? And you sign a backup who is capable of being the guy in case he's not the guy. Do you do you think? I guess I, I'm guessing I'm pre I'm phrasing this in a very negative way. Do you think Tristan is worth protecting after that run? For 3.25. I don't believe so, but I think that the organization will. I think the organization wants to kick him in the butt. I do. I think after that, you let your whole team down. I do think they want to give him a little kick in the keister. I mean, they're not going to uh, – Seattle's not going to take no, him. but wouldn't it be a heck of a motivation if the team basically said, yes, you have all this talent, but we really don't think you're worthy of protecting after that implosion. Well, Maybe that would give him. That could go sanity. one of two ways. It could help him or hurt him. Yeah, it's a risk. But I. And the other question I is: don't Do know you give up? Do. do you give up a value backup like DeSmith, who's capable of playing thirty to thirty-five games and putting up a high save percentage, um, for an unknown? Because I don't think Seattle's going to take DeSmith either. I don't think. No, I think, I think we. I I honestly think we have the same pair next year. The same goaltender pair i hope that's not real and we go and get someone who i think can play right. you know I, who, I think yeah we need a veteran but i don't think that's what's going to happen i think we go with the same pair next year but wouldn't it be nice to have a DeSmith slash halak duo or DeSmith slash yes rask duo i i think so but are they going to go there then the other issue is how do we get rid of Jari if he did not taken in the expansion draft? Who... I, don't think, I don't think you do. I think then you say, okay, now we're stuck with him. Get it together. 
I think well, you, <laughs> but if you want to go and get Rask or Walker or whatever, I think you're stuck at that point. I, there maybe there's a deal out there. I'm saying I'm we don't that. have the money to keep all to have those two and a veteran. No, no, no. So I think you're stuck with Jared Smith. I don't think there's going to be a taker for Jared. I don't. And you're not going to get a, a, a backup, a decent backup for less than Smith's getting right now. Yeah. So. In terms of value for player performance, my, my worry he deserves my back. worry is they send Smith back, and he gets claimed. Yeah, or I mean, even if he doesn't get claimed, my my worry is he's claimed or in Wilkes Barre, and we go with Jerry and you know a veteran. And I don't think Smith deserves that. No, Smith was good this year, and you know. I just don't. I, I think don't the think... playoffs would be completely. I think we might still be in the playoffs right now if DeSmith wasn't hurt. And are you really going to get that much better of a performance from a vet, a backup vet, than you would have from DeSmith this year, who was playing pretty? A twenty-nine-year-old. What? Like you're not probably going to get much from. The, he's the he's only thing. Much the best the only thing you'd get from a vet that you're not going to get from a DeSmith is playoff experience, experience. and that's. I mean, that kind of proved to be pretty big this year. In Jari's case. In Jari's case. Because you have Sorokin, yes. You have Sorokin who played um, an amazing Perfect. round, and he doesn't have any playoff experience. Um, I think it's also important to re- recognize that, like, two of the last, um, what, five, four champions have been, you know, rookie goaltenders. Uh, yeah. And Murray and Bennington. Um you know, I mean, even Vasilevsky, he's young, and like he won. Yeah, I mean, Vasilevsky had some playoff games under his belt. Yeah, prior. he did, but not. He's not, you know, this big veteran tender like you no, know. No, and you look at like, like Tuka Rask or something. You look at Bobrovsky. How many games experience did he have? And he looks far worse um, than his backup Dredger, and he looks far worse than uh, Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight, yeah. Um, so. How much is experience worth it? Uh, you know, paying an extra $2 million towards your very limited cap? Probably not very. Um, I think it's a, I think it's overhyped. Uh, I think it's more important that you have a goaltender who is able to handle adversity uh, with with calmness. Um, and that, that doesn't really happen just because of experience. That happens because of a mindset. Yeah. So at the end of the day... They could protect either. Seattle's not going to go with that. Yeah, Seattle's not going to have not going to go with either. And they're not going to. Uh, frankly, they're not going to take an overpaid defenseman like Pedersen or <laughs> right. Madison. We're going to have to to deal with that in a different way. Yeah. So ultimately, you're going to lose a very good forward, and hopefully Hextel doesn't try to make a, a bargain. And just well, cuts his loss. I think we're in agreement. Um, no matter who you're, you know who you protect in that third defensive spot or in that like six or seven uh, forward spot. I think we're in agreement that Zucker is the odd guy out and he's the one who will be heading to Seattle. Unless they want to keep salary low, in which case they're more likely to take an Aston race or a Bluger. Right. Um, but, but I mean, they're both going to get a raise too. So it's a marginal, not, not obviously as much as a Zucker, but yeah. So at the end of the day, it really comes down to what Seattle wants with their forward core, uh, what other pieces they pick up. It's going to be an auxiliary piece. It's not going to be a, an essential one for them. Well, and I think that's 
that's the main thing. We're, we're looking at it in a vacuum because we're only looking at the pens. They're going to be looking at 31 teams and how they want to fit their team together. So, you know, they, they may be thinking someone completely off the radar for us, depending on how their team fits, thankfully, how they want their team to fit. Thankfully, those rookies are protected, so you yeah. don't have to worry about that. But, all right, final, final thoughts. Do you think Seattle comes anywhere close to the success of the, the Golden Knights? Or do you think they fell well short of that? Somewhere in between. I, I think that they'll be okay. Um, I think the Knights were like an anomaly in a way that you could tell because it was like the first expansion in a long time that they all felt like, um, not hurt, but they felt like they had something to prove and they felt like the mis- they didn't they call themselves the misfits? The misfits. Yeah. And you can tell they felt like they needed to, you know, do well. And I don't think that the Kraken are going to have that same mentality because I feel like because the the Knights expansion was so close to theirs, it's going to be a more regular thing. So for me, you know, I'm looking at, you know, the general manager, I don't know if he's GM or president of hockey ops, Ron Francis, and what he did with Carolina. He had a slower plan there. I wonder if they're not a playoff team their first season but they go on the younger side of things. They get, you know, two or three are, good vets. Are they? I guess they're in they're in the Pacific, right? That's yeah. They're yeah. In the Pacific. So I mean, they could they, they could, could be yeah. I think they're going to be right in the line of playoffs. I I just you know Edmonton's going to retool. Um, well, I guess that's if the the divisions. It depends, I guess, how the divisions are going to yeah, be. Yeah, they're going to do six divisions. Or but four. in the normal, in normal times, they'll be in the in the Pacific. I I see them as a bubble playoff team the first year, maybe two, and I see them going for the younger players as opposed to what the Knights did, which is going for players who are, you know, starting their primes. Right. Um, right. Because if if Francis really does like what he's done in the past and he, he sticks to that sort of game plan, you know. It's harder to get younger players. You're not going to get a bunch of 25-year-olds who are eligible for this. But uh, I see that as the direction he leans. Well, Marcus Patterson is young, and they can have him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Poor Marcus. (laughs) Um, Were we so lucky? Uh, But it'll be interesting to see how that team comes together and what the Penguins do to avoid uh, dismantling essential components of their team right anyway thank you for bearing with us uh let us know what your thoughts were what your list is um feel free to reach out to us on twitter or instagram and i guess that's pretty much it until next time this is jess and seth signing off bye bye